<laughs> what was that? Gravity. Trying to make me a fucking planet. <laughs> <laughs> and now, more real fake facts from the Geek Out Heroes. <laughs> real fake fact obese people are actually just gravitationally pulled into trying to be spheres nature is trying to make them into planets so they can orbit do not attempt just do not attempt to adjust do not attempt to adjust the frequency there is nothing wrong with your streaming device we are controlling the transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We control the hysterical. <laughs> we control the rational. Mm. Yes, quite. I agree. Quite. Sit patiently, and we will control all that you hear. We repeat. There is nothing wrong with your streaming device. You are about to participate in a great awakening. You are about to experience the truth and wonder reaching from the inner mind of the Geek Out Heroes. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. And Miles. And listeners, you just get the two of us this week because everybody else bailed on us. Anderson, I don't know what's going on, why he bailed on us. I think he I think with him he's trying to figure out his his whole mic situation, possibly. Uh he might have had other stuff to do today as well, but uh it came kind of late in the game for for everything. So I think it was probably more than likely he has stuff to do. But uh Probably. On top of that, like he and I were having a discussion last week of uh, his because uh, his mic makes we all we all make noises while we're while we're recording every now and then listeners will accidentally bump something or something like that. That happens all the time. And every now and then you'll hear it in, in the, the podcast. But his mic is consistently the worst mic ever <laughs> to deal with because uh, it just I don't know what it is like it, for at one point it sounded like he was. Like either unwrapping something, eating something, it was so fucking bad. I had to send. I ended up sending him a a text and telling him, "Hey, here's the time code. Uh, you 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 listen to this and you tell me what the hell's going on." Right. <laughs> and he like, "He's like, God damn it." He's like, "Does it do this a lot?" I'm like, "Yes." He goes, "Fuck." It's like I think I have to figure out like a better place to record. I'm like, eh, "It might be for the best." Loach was the biggest offender of us all, uh, especially <laughs> in the early days. Listeners, he used to hit the table and do paddle shifters. We call well, we call them paddle shifters. He used to bump the table when he would talk a lot because he talks a lot with his hands. And uh, it was uh, it was always kind of a, a challenge back in the day, especially when we only had one mic. But uh, just funny how uh, each one of us have our own like a kind of communication stuff. And like <laughs> with Anderson, he has a hard time sitting still. Totally understandable. Uh, I'm in constant pain, so I'm having to always shift in my seat regardless. So uh, I totally get that. But uh, it's 
very inconvenient when your mic is picking up literally everything in the room. And he doesn't have, and, and the downside is like Anderson doesn't have all the filters that we do. So he doesn't have ways of trying to control or changing some of that. So I think that's one of the things he was talking about. He's like, I gotta get a better mic and just a, a, a actual setup for this. Uh, if he can, you know, if he's going to continue to do uh, remote and remote overall, you know, aside from the fact that Josiah can't do or can't do remote uh, overall remote actually works out kind of best. Um, especially for the editing process, in my opinion, because we can actively edit a lot easier when we're not all in the same space. Cause our, 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 when we're all in the same space, our mics can kind of pick us up because we don't have a, a soundboard to, to do extra uh, stuff that can prevent that. Yeah. Really the biggest downside of it is not being able to visually cue off of one another. So that way we're not constantly interrupting each other. Yeah. Uh, I have to wait in, in here and especially since there's the delay, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I have to wait in here and, and try and see if I can catch that. And every now and then we'll talk over each other completely and I'll actually go through the editing and listen to what each, which each, what each of us have to say. And I'll go, all right, this is actually more important. I'm going to, I'm going to give this person all the clearance they need. So I'm going to remove what we said. And every now and then some of that stuff where we kind of collide into each other is funny. Right. So yeah, some, yeah, some, some of it I would leave in just cause it just, that's, the natural case of the podcast yeah but it's only when it's really sensible you have to really feel it out yeah and uh sometimes you can just sit there and shift shift it so that oh, you're yeah. not really talking over each other but it's yeah i i, I understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah I so it. anyways listeners i've gone on long enough talking about just how the podcast works and how our editing process kind of works and what's been happening in behind the scenes and you didn't come to listen to that you came to listen to Everything else that we have to talk to and bullshit. <laughs> uh, so I'm it's been a while. Ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to give a real fake fact. Are you going to give another real fake fact? Go for it. Yeah. It's, it, I haven't given one in a while now. I've got some on my list that just been burning a hole in my phone. Yeah. I was going to actually start out and say the galaxy. reason why we haven't been doing real fake facts. <laughs> is because, sorry. I was, I was going to say the real reason why we haven't been doing real fake facts is because all real fake facts keep becoming true to other people. And because the world keeps going fucking crazy. Hey, and what did they say about uh, about comedy? The best comedy is truth, right? <laughs> <laughs> and now more real fake facts from the Geek Out Heroes. Uh, uh, real fake fact. Uh, the Amish are the reason why some furniture instructions say not to use power tools. Trying to bring us down to their level. <laughs> <laughs> Ikea is actually owned by the Amish. I'm surprised you didn't know that. <laughs> they, don't, um, they don't they don't use electric lights in Ikea. It's a uh, another real fake fact. It's it's just jars of lightning bugs. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of lightning bugs. <laughs> Hasbro has decided to or decided that they uh, can no longer depict or make uh, Cobra or Cobra commander with the, the old school hood on uh, listeners. If you don't know anything about GI Joe back in the day when we were little kids, uh, the first Cobra commander had a, had a blue hoodie over over his face to cover his face before it became the Chrome dome. Uh, 
and that's just what we knew. I mean, we, we didn't think anything of it, but apparently Hasbro thinks that that's now racist. So what you're saying is Hasbro is anti-mask. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're anti-hood. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Robin Hood, uh, the Green Arrow, um, all, all, all you hooded heroes out there and, and villains, you got to stop wearing the hoods. Jedi. Moon Knight, you guys, you guys got to stop. That's, it's too, uh, it's too racist. Um, no, but I saw that. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, and I, I immediately, the sad part is I immediately went, is this because they think it's associated with like somehow the KKK or some nonsense? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like I just looked around like they're not even the one. They're not even the same shape, not the same color. So what is this? In no way does the story ever kind of cross into something along those lines. Yeah. The, the, the Cobra don't want to rid the world of all of one species or, or race or, uh, you know, just want to rule the world. (laughs) Just, they just want to rule the world. They're, they're just evil. That's just, that's it. I don't know what the, I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, they, they decided they're no longer going to create toys that have that, uh, especially cause they were coming out with a, I guess they were coming out with a, uh, a collectible, uh, set of Cobra commander throughout the years, the different versions of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that they're not going to make. And I'm like, that's one of the most iconic versions of him guys. Like literally <laughs> it's like, that's, that's OG. Like, well, I, I remember I remember the chrome face uh, plate more than I do the hood, but I'd still remember the hood. Yeah. Well, the 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 chrome plate became really iconic just for the simple fact that it was uh, one very different and it made it set him apart more menacing visually. Yeah. For 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 a character, uh, the hood just was kind of like uh, out of everybody else who got their costume changes. This guy didn't get the memo and he showed up and went, oh, shit, paper bag. Uh, like, don't, don't get me wrong, listeners. It's not like it's a, it's a amazing design. It's just one of those things that like, it's just because it's, it's part of that character. It's one of those things that like, this is an evolution of character of a character. It'd be the equivalent of, all right, well, we're not going to have Optimus Prime as the original 18 wheeler that he was, uh, because, you know, uh, like they just came up with some nonsense because, you know, D because diesel is evil. Like some bullshit like that. Can't 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 use the name Prime anymore because it uh, suggests supremacy. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that would just be like nuts, right? So everybody would sit there and go, "This is fucking ridiculous." But no one in Hasbro is doing that because they're listening to the smallest amount of people, the smallest crowd of people in our society who are dictating the norms to us. Like we're we're taking norm cues from people who who aren't even really like in my opinion have never been fans and aren't fans and won't be fans of this kind of uh geekdom so why are we taking what they say so fucking seriously it makes no sense because sensationalism invades every part of culture and life now and that's it it's just it's absolutely bad shit and it's it's really uh, if i can shit i could if i can create if I can create a national movement on outrage over a children's toy, I'll be famous for 15 minutes. Right. If I can get the full Dr. Seuss. Just, 
wanting attention. Like you're making it, you're going to, uh, what do I need to do? <clears throat> I'll just find an issue that's not an issue and make it one. And make it an issue. Yeah, I just, I don't know why this is, I don't know why people are accepting it. And when I say people, listeners, us, gamers, I don't know why we're accepting it and not saying anything back. Not t- telling people, you guys are being ridiculous about this. Like, what is wrong with you? <clears throat> Voice of reason isn't promoted. <laughs> and that's exactly it. Like, oh, well, if you, if you, and that's, that's the problem is the fact of like, now it's gotten to the point where if you try to say things like that, and if you, especially if you're like me and you come on too strong, uh, you'll be booted from a lot of the platforms that give you the voice that you would say this over because they consider you, you're, you're a bully. What? Yeah. You're, you're trying to intimidate other people into this. No, I'm, I'm calling out bullshit. I'm calling out nonsense. So a lot of people just kind of feel like, well, I don't want to cause any trouble. So I'm just going to sit back and not do anything. I'm not going to say anything. Which is understandable, unfortunately. You know, you, you, we all want to live in the, the society of like, you know, live and let live. Just, you know, let people be people. Don't, don't try to, you know, don't try to enforce your own, your own beliefs and opinions on other people, but don't allow them to do the same thing to, to you as well to you back as long as it's not hurting anyone then then we're all fine and we've taken this whole thing of oh well it is hurting someone because these snowflakes are so fucking sensitive to everything that emotion uh, that the, their emotional damage apparently is uh being you know they're they're so affected by anything that you say that it's like they're physically being hurt and that's just not the case like for fuck's sake, these are people that probably never heard sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me and never understood that that's literally true. <laughs> I would love to have seen these kids grow up in my generation. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't have came out alive. Yeah. Bullied and bullied in middle school all the way up through about halfway through my high school years. Listeners bullied. Picked on. People tried to start fights with me. I was a bigger kid. Until I stopped taking people's shit. I stopped taking people's shit, and suddenly that changed. Suddenly I started talking back to people, started telling them, you know, basically what I thought. And that suddenly changed. On top of that, you know, having having friends having friends around me who also stuck up for me, that made for a big factor as well. Being able to to stick up for one another kind of creates, you know, oh, well, we we now have a have a society of people who are willing to help one another. Well, OK, that that makes sense. But do you sit me do you, like, do you see me telling somebody else? Oh, you can't like that because I don't like it. Right. We just had a discussion listeners with with Loach about about Space Jam and he enjoyed <laughs> it. He, he thought it was good. Yeah. I refused to watch it because I don't like lebron james i think he's a piece of shit and i refuse to give him any support whatsoever as a human being as a basketball player and celebrity (laughs) king of flop he he i mean king of flop the shit that he says the shit that he does he's shown me that he's not somebody who's worthy of ever having a a cent of my money but did i tell loach that he can't like it nope i joked that he was dead to me (laughs) <laughs> but, you know right? it's not true it's just 
funny. <laughs> yeah. Our good friend Bronx enjoyed it. He liked the movie and I didn't tell him I didn't tell him he was a terrible person for it. I said I won't see it, but I'm glad you liked it. It would have been a waste of their time if they had not liked it. So it's you know, I'm glad that they enjoyed it. It's they got some enjoyment out of it. Cool. I'm glad. It's it's not a bad thing. So they they said it was fun and, and interesting and they they'd recommend it to anyone who's who's just looking for a good time. Okay, cool. Neat. It's no problem. If Loach were on here listeners today, he would be giving a review on it and telling you pretty much the exact same thing. He enjoyed it. He'd recommend it. You know, if you have especially if you have HBO Max, he'd say go ahead and watch it. I'm just not going to. <laughs> that's just the, yeah. that's just my 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 stance on it. It's okay. It's okay that I'm not You'd going to. You'd have to pay to. me to watch that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'd have to give me LeBron's entire salary for a year for me to watch it. Not even kidding. Uh, I'm cheaper than that, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to have his actual salary. And when I say his actual salary, listeners, I mean he would have to not get paid for a year, and that goes to me for me to watch his film, <laughs> for me to feel okay about watching that movie. <laughs> oh, he's not getting paid. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take it. I'm that petty. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so, hey, sometimes petty wins are fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyways, listeners, don't, don't let uh, somebody else's opinion or, or what they, you know, maybe they get offended by, or maybe what you even get offended by. Don't let that be the only thing that guides you on your decisions, on how you treat other people and how you act or trying to cancel something just because you, you know, just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean that everyone else has to agree with you on not liking something. This is what it is. I mean, that's one of the things that like even young Ripa talks about stuff like that. Like he, he can't stand the MCU overall. He can't stand the stuff that they do, things like that. And I go very well, outspoken about it. <laughs> oh yeah, he's massively outspoken about it. He's very passionate about it, much like the stuff that we're passionate about. But uh, is that a problem? No. Does he tell other people that they can't like it? No. Not once does he say you can't like this. If you're a fan of Marvel, you can't like the MCU. Doesn't say that. What what he constantly talks about is the fact of. He knows that a lot of the stuff that's pushed agenda wise are being pushed by people who are not fans and who are not really into superheroes. They just want to see their own agendas filled. And I respect that. I respect the fact that he's willing to call that shit out. Because it makes sense. Because we see what Marvel does all the time. And Marvel goes with whatever Marvel, just like Marvel has always done, even back to their creation, they will go with whatever will get them more sales usually. And lately that's not been the case. They've, they've gone with the social media wind instead of where the, where the wind actually blows. They, they look at social media and they think that Twitter makes up their entire audience. And while people still go to their movies, people go to their movies because they want to continue to have a good time. They've enjoyed the MCU so far and they want to see where else the MCU is going. But lately, the MCU doesn't really seem to have a whole lot of direction. And other people are catching on, including our friend Bronx, who 
listeners, the reason why I bring up Bronx is, is Bronx is kind of like the he's the the fan that's just the normal person. He's the normal fan of I just want to have fun. I don't really care if you have an agenda or something like that. So long as I'm having a good time, I'm fine with that. So he'll watch a movie. He'll watch something and say, I'm having fun. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the way the most of the world works when it comes to entertainment. You know, not all of us are super fans. Not all of us can be, uh, you know, gamers. Not all of us can be movie buffs, stuff like that. So when he watches a movie, he just wants to have a good time. But when he starts to notice stuff like, you guys don't seem to actually have a direction going for you. It's kind of, it's, that's a problem. That's a problem when, when other people who would normally just want to have a good time are starting to catch on to this stuff. And that's what's happening lately with the MCU, especially with their TV shows. And uh, most recently, Black Widow. Um, so not to, not to really go into reviews overall, but just to talk about <clears throat> the Marvel agenda uh, when it comes to Phase 4. Phase four seems kind of like they're just jumping from one thing to the next. And the only thing they seem to be doing is trying to tie up their not, not loose ends, but tie up their miniseries stuff. They're trying to get their miniseries to be, Oh, this is one cohesive universe. Uh, I mean, they created Loki specifically to try and start the multiverse, right? For the MCU. But the thing is, is they could have jumped into the multiverse without Loki and it would have, no one would have bat an eye. No one would have even thought no. that. It, it would have been done never... in strange movie and been totally accepted. Yeah. It, no one would have even thought about it. Listeners. No one would have said, Oh my gosh, where did this come from? It would have just been accepted because we accept you like most things when it comes to science fiction, we accept a lot of stuff. We accept like, Oh, this is just a, a multiverse time travel. We accept time travel. We don't ask how it works. Usually. We ask when things don't make sense logically <laughs> right. with time travel. But when it comes to a multiverse, well, multiverse is kind of, it's very freeing. And we assumed that after what happened with the Avengers and them going back and, you know, taking things out of the timeline and then bringing them back, that that's what would the events were that created a, a multiverse because even the, uh, the ancient one, uh, the master of uh, uh, Doctor Strange even pointed out to Banner that this creates a divergent timeline. And she shows it, like visually. She says, this is time. And then she shows what happens when you interfere with time and why things have to continue to go the, go the way they go. So we assumed that with what happened in Endgame, that that's what caused the multiverse regardless. So was Loki really needed? Not necessarily. It was fun though. No. It was yeah. absolutely fun. We enjoyed the series. Uh, and I say we listeners, because we've I've talked about it with the group and we all have a pretty good consensus of, yeah, it was really fun. We had a, we had a good time. It's worth watching. Yeah. Not to get into spoilers yet, but uh, you know, if you, <clears throat> listeners if you've been on the defense about watching loki and like oh well i don't want to put up with the, their nonsense the two series that you can watch and watch in full certainty of it's just fun and you'll enjoy it regardless of the fact that there's some logic plot like loophole like not loopholes but just logic holes like plot holes uh wandavision's good 
should have been shorter. And Loki is good. I, I felt like uh, they could have wrapped it up enough to not have another season, but they're going to come out with a second season. So cool. All right. Hopefully it continues to be good after that. Yeah. Really at this point in time, really so long as it kind of has a purpose, you know, it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and we, we kind of ran into that with, um, black widow. Um, yeah, that's where I was going to go. Have a tremendous amount of purpose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than just to get the movie out other than get the movie out and to bring her sister into the MCU and somehow, connect it to what will be the dark Avengers. Now listeners, this is what we're talking about when we're saying we don't know. They, they just kind of seem to be throwing things together. They don't really seem to have a plan because we have the multiverse coming into place with the, the, the war for the multiverse. We also have the secret war or the secret invasion uh, coming up, which they still haven't really developed very far, uh, which is hinted to at the end of WandaVision as well. And everything just kind of, it's just, it's like we're throwing darts on a board and we don't know where they're going to land there. I don't see them coming out with a dark Avengers movie. They're not going to do anything with that. I, the only, the most I could see them do is maybe a dark Avengers mini series. And it seems kind of like, why are you guys doing this? Why do we need this? Do we, do we actually need another Avengers team? I mean, we've got the new Avengers. We've got fucking, God damn, we've got the new Avengers. We've got all these, you know, other characters to keep up with. And on top of that, you're going to throw in the dark Avengers. And if you're going to do a movie, that doesn't make any sense because everything that's been going on with the dark Avengers has been primarily in TV shows with the exception of black widow at the end of black widow. They have her sister meeting was essentially lady, lady Hydra, uh, to, to, (laughs) A set up a dark Avengers, something with the dark Avengers. And I'm sitting there going, if people are watching this movie and haven't watched the shows, haven't watched Falcon and the winter soldier, they have no idea who the fuck this person is. And Falcon and the winter soldier isn't worth watching. No, no, that it, wasn't even fun. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it could have been, it could have been such a good team up movie or show. It oh, could yeah. have been so goddamn good. And it was so wasted on nonsense and on agenda bullshit. And yes, listeners, it was bullshit. It was agenda bullshit. They, they tried you, to you, do. You took, you took peanut butter and chocolate ice cream and you blended it together and you got sour raisins somehow. Yeah. Fucking makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> made, made no sense. Uh, I mean, you. What what was, you know, the statements at the end of, of Endgame was, you know, it was a great moment between Sam. I just hit my mic. See, see, listeners, it happens. Uh, you, you had a great moment between Sam and uh, Steve where they're sitting on the they're sitting down and they're they're talking. And he says, you know, he basically get, you know gives him the shield and he says, how does it feel? And he says, it feels like it's someone else's. And he says, well, it's not. No, I thought that was a great moment of like. Him passing on the torch, he was he wasn't telling him he needed to be the new cap, and that was something that should have been really driven home within the show. Of yeah. he's his own hero, he doesn't need to be Captain America. He doesn't need to be seen as Captain America. He is his own hero. He could have been seen as a new symbol for 
America for the people. But instead, they kept pushing this whole thing of like, oh, we need another Captain America. It's not the same without Cap. And I sat there going, you guys literally have been have been spending half the show trying to show that 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 he does that Sam doesn't need to be anybody else other than himself. And then you turned around and made it into, uh, you know, race politics of, oh, well. You know, people, you know, black people have been mistreated for so long and. You know, Steve and I would have, you know, we had no idea that this was, you know, that this was going to be an issue for you of representing a country that's been looked at like, oh, my God, dude, seriously. Sam fought for his country before he ever even knew Cap. So you're telling me that Sam has felt. You know, ashamed of being a soldier his entire fucking life. Like it, it came off. So just we have to throw this in there because this is the current climate of things. That was literally how it felt. It felt like it was not part of the story at all. It was just thrown in there because of what was happening around the, you know, uh, like in the real world. Yeah. Never mind the fact that this is the MCU. It's a fictional universe. Yeah. He had the asinine immigration speech basically from him. I was like, <sighs> I, I was like, I'm just glad this is basically done because I think that was like the last episode. Or the one right before it, it might have been the second, the, the second to last. Because listeners, I stopped, I stopped watching before I could finish it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you you mix too much real world drama into shit that's supposed to be escapism. We've had this talk before. Yeah, I, we're getting tired of being preached. It's not. To. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm here to have a good time. Leave me the fuck alone. I watched this because I didn't want to hear about the crap that was happening out in the real world. I didn't want to hear about the other stuff. Like it, it's just un fucking real. It's listeners. It's not ignoring it. It's the fact of like you watch this entertainment, you play video games, you play these things because you don't want to think about the things that are happening around you. It's kind of like the cheese ball, uh, uh, Saturday morning cartoon kind of thing messages we used to get after, after the cartoon. Yeah, like oh, you know, don't hit people. You know, except those that that stuff was like just be a good fucking human being. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, none of it was like, hey, this is how you should think. Yeah, you know, uh, it's almost like that, except it's just crammed into the content of the show or movie. Yeah, it's turned into a theme, and in many cases, just kind of shows up. You're just like, oh, okay. Right. So yeah, I mean, I and I was in in, in the end, I was disappointed in the fact that. Sam didn't turn around and go, I don't need to be cap. I I'm, I'm my own, I'm my own hero, but no, instead he ends up wearing the captain America moniker. And it's this whole thing of like, Oh, regardless of the things that have happened in the past, I still need to be captain America and represent, you know, represent the nation as it is, as I feel it should be and could be. And I'm like, the fuck <laughs> you mean as, as it actually is now. Their ideal avenue for for renaming them was not going to fly, you know, Captain Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, taken. Sorry, taken. My bad. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, but going back to uh, Black Widow, it was it was an unnecessary movie in all reality. It wasn't it was better than I was expecting it to be. I was going in with pretty damn low expectations. Yeah, I mean, you thought Um, you were you were waiting uh, for the full wokeness. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, especially all the shit that was preceding it with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, 
But surprisingly, for the most part, no, none of that was yeah, really present. Not a whole lot of messaging. There's stuff. There's stuff that's kind of woven into it. I mean, listeners, if you want me to point it out, it's easily point out or easy to point out. You have the uh, Red Guardian, who is kind of a lame duck character. He uh, he's pretty incompetent. Funny. He's funny, but he's but. pretty incompetent comparatively to all the women. Um, so there's one. You have, and this is a spoiler, you have Taskmaster, who has been become the gender bender um, for no reason other than the fact that they decided Taskmaster could be a throwaway villain and that they could turn around and just make him into a woman by making the main bad guy have a have a little girl instead. Like, it, they could have easily just gone with, he had a, he had a son and that was it. But nope, they went with the, it's a little girl. The second they said, the second they mentioned he had a little girl, knew who it was going to be and knew exactly what Taskmaster was. And Taskmaster is just a throwaway villain. He's just kind of thrown in there, not really utilized very well. Um, badass when he does show up or she shows up now, but it's, it takes away from what that villain was. Right. In, the, in the comic books, Taskmaster, he, he was never what they showed him to be in this movie. Not even close. And I get that it's a different universe listeners, but there's a point where you have to sit there and say, okay, are they actually representing the character anymore? Or are they just rewriting it because they want to have their own agenda? And it was because they had their own agenda. I mean, for God's sake, the director themselves, the director herself said that they removed the Tony Stark cameo because uh, Black Black Widow doesn't need any help from men. She doesn't need a man to help her. So they removed Tony Stark. Okay. Uh, and then when asked why Steve Rogers never even showed up, not even at the end to, you know, for the, for the jet scene. And I'm, I realize this I'm going into spoilers, but this is part of the whole thing of like, what was actually like, what was actually taking place for the movie. Uh, it didn't make the movie any worse, not having these characters, but it was one of those things of it would have been more fun for fans to go, oh, there's there's her real like what we would consider her real family. Right. Um where yes, these other she characters, actually kind of makes that a point a few times. Yeah, right. Uh and Steve Rogers doesn't even show up. I expected Steve Rogers to be in the jet at the end to show up and be like, hey, if not not to rescue her, if nothing else, just to say, hey. I, I saw that w- what happened. Uh, good job. Nice work. Um, you know, and, and basically kind of say, kind of say, you know, what, you know, what else, what else are we going to do? What do you want to do now? Cause I mean, that's the thing is like, they, they said, Oh, she doesn't need any man. Black widow hasn't needed one of the male characters to really save her in any of the Avengers movies. Let's just think back. Like, has there been a moment where she's actually needed one of the men to save her or has she saved them in many cases? Uh, from what I remember when uh, the whole shootout was happening in Ultron, she didn't save Bruce Banner, but she saved everybody else from Bruce Banner. <laughs> when she jumped on and she said, don't turn green. Like uh, It's... It's just this, it's this malarkey bullshit of, oh, well, we have to make a statement with every single fucking thing that happens. And we all sit there going, you never needed to make a statement. The only people that feel like a statement needs to be made is Hollywood because they're so rife with 
just completely anti, you know, anti-woman rhetoric throughout their own their own industry that they feel like everybody else is exactly like them throughout the rest of the world. No, the rest of us adapted to feminism, adapted to women working in the workplace with men. Now, granted, some of us haven't CEOs of Ubisoft. Um, <laughs> just saying. Uh, but but for the most part, most of us don't care. We, we've we've seen, you know, female leads for years and thought, oh, man, these these are badass women. These are awesome, awesome people. You know, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. We had freaking you have Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, you have Sigourney Weaver. I mean, like the list literally goes on and on and on. And we've never seen them as anything other than awesome. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver Straight plays easily one of the greatest heroines of all time. Lucy Lawless. Yeah. Lucy Lou. <laughs> like they act like the only thing that anybody ever sees them as is a sexual object. Never mind the fact that these women, while being beautiful, have also been able to just completely kick ass. And sorry, but Sigourney Weaver is not attractive to me in Alien 3, but she's still a badass. She's never been attractive to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I, I think that's fair. That you know. That's fine. But that's, but that's the whole, she's a badass that's the whole character. Thing. Yeah, that's the whole thing. She's still a badass character. And just about everything she plays. You know, fucking Scarlett Johansson. I, have you seen Ghost in the Shell? Again, like that's. So. Listeners, we're just getting tired of being preached to. We're getting tired of being preached to while we sit there preaching back of like, this is not what an issue. This is not an issue. This was never an issue. The only place it's an issue is within Hollywood itself. So maybe you guys need to self-reflect on what you've been doing for the past, I don't know, four decades and realize that, oh, we've been treating each other like shit and the rest of the world has been going, huh, you know, maybe you guys, like maybe things aren't so bad. Yeah, that's why it was a shock to. Well, I mean, I say a shock, a relative shock to most of us when the shit came out about like. Weinstein and how fucking deep this shit fucking was happening. Right? Like we knew Hollywood was bad, but we didn't know the full extent of it. Yeah, we've all we've all heard about the couch auditions and all that shit for years. But we we just assumed that it wasn't, you know, that's just a, a small that part of the culture. It's not a listers. Yeah, yeah that, that doesn't happen to everybody. Nope. It happens to a lot of people. And so maybe the and real problem just is just <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not just women. So maybe the real problem is Hollywood itself. Yeah. It's not us listeners. It's not you and me. It's not the normal people. We don't, we don't act that way. We would see that, you know, if you're a good person, you would see acting that way as, well, that's just not right. That's not that you're not being kind. You're not showing a kindness to somebody else. You're actually being an evil human being and you shouldn't be doing this. You know, you're a piece of shit if you did that. And if you don't see that, then you're a piece of shit. So when we look to Hollywood and, they, and they've been doing this for this fucking long, their entire skew on life and how everyone or everywhere else works is completely off kilter. They do not live in the same world as us, clearly. If this has been the <laughs> norm for them for that long. Yeah, it's, you the, see what I, it's the out of touch trying to dictate what the rest of the world does. Exactly. 
Listeners, do you see why we say they're completely out of touch? It's not just because of the money. It's not because of the wealth. It's not because they live in a fantasy world that they create for their job. It's because they don't have the same standards of life that the rest of us do. And thus, their perceptions are completely skewed. (laughs) Yeah. So instead, they end up putting all these ideas into their movies. And after a while, we just get tired of it. We're like, come on, guys. Just we just want to be entertained. We just want to have a good time. We have our own problems out in the world. That's why I was really uh, not to get too far off track, but I was really uh, interested in seeing what Matt Damon had to say about the latest, uh, his latest movie that's coming out is about a father who was a, uh, I believe worked in uh, uh, either it's mining or oil rigs. I want to say oil rigs, but uh, he ends up, his daughter ends up, uh, his daughter, who's a lesbian, it's based off a true story where a young lady who went off to, uh, I guess, college, uh, foreign exchange in France, uh, ended up in a relationship with a girl and that girl was murdered. She gets blamed for that murder, but because she's a lesbian and the community that it was in, uh, she's basically just they they don't even give they don't even give her really a trial they just kind of you know oh yep yeah, she did it that was it and her her father goes over there and wants to find like wants to basically help her out and make sure that she's not put in jail for the rest of her life because she didn't do it he's a the the father the person he's playing is a conservative person and he went and met a bunch of uh, uh, a bunch of the these gentlemen out there just to learn their lifestyles, how they talk their, their outlook on life. So he could get into the character himself. And for Matt Damon, he said it was a big eye opener of like realizing these people's lives are completely different than any, anyone else I've ever come, you know, anyone else I encounter, I encounter, they're completely different than the life that I encounter or even my own perceptions of who they were. I mean, that's, that's what you kind of need to do as an actor of like understanding the part, the part you're playing of getting to getting into that role of like understanding who they are. But when you go in there with a preconceived idea and you meet these people that you're going to be playing and going, Holy shit, like this isn't a huge eye opener. These people are nothing what I thought they were. Right. Well, it's just like when you think of like, uh, like Japan, like oh, you yeah. and I are fascinated by their culture. They're, they're, yeah. Uh, they really are an amazing and fascinating people. However, mm-hmm. like you, you watch some of the like in-depth stuff of people that have chose to move there and, and that are clearly not Japanese. Yeah. Japan is extremely racist. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do not like foreigners at all. Yeah. On one hand, I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I want to say I, I don't blame them because I understand it to a yeah. degree, but it's, that sends the real, really the wrong message. <laughs> yeah. They're xenophobic. <laughs> In reality. Yeah. 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 Um, that's, that's, that's more appropriate really than, than racist per se. But yeah. Listeners don't, um, don't get us wrong. They, like Japan, if you ever want to know about their culture, you should actually definitely read into it. Uh, their history is actually steeped in a lot of racism of oh, yeah. just within their own people. Yeah. And that sounds, and, that you know, sounds really weird on, on our end to us because yeah. it's like you being racist against a white guy. But in reality, that kind of does happen. If you think about the North uh, you, people from the North, and people from the South and the stigmatisms that we put towards uh, people in the South of being racist, they're, they're ignorant or uh, just, you know, people from the boonies, that kind of whole thing. Like we, we always put this kind of idea of like, Oh, they all marry their brothers and sisters, that kind of shit. Yeah. Only 
it's like that. It was like that in Japan for centuries. Only it was it was like uh, classism, or in you know some cases Which it was still very much exists. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just straight up just hatred. Uh, you had people from the south who hated people from the north, or people from northern Japan. You had the like central Japan who hated pretty much everyone else around them. Uh, you're you're looked you're looked down on if you take vacation time. Yeah. You know, because they are all about work, work, work. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, in some ways, in some ways, that's admirable. Yeah. In other ways, it's really fucked up. (laughs) It's really fucked up. Yeah, I... And that's not to say, you know, and and we're using this as as an overall generalization. We're obviously not every Japanese person is like this. That'd be ridiculous. But, you know, as a a whole, that's kind of how their country functions. So it's really shocking to see that kind of in-depth thing when you have an admiration for them for a lot of their other aspects. Yeah. Listeners, you've heard us say multiple times, like with Japan that we sit there and go, I just like, God damn it, Japan. Like just when I thought I could, you know, I thought I <laughs> thought I could understand you. Like when we say that stuff, listeners, it's just because we actually do, we actually do like Japan. We actually really like uh, a lot of their culture. Like Miles says, we're, it's fascinating. But there are times where, like, just when we figure out, like, we think we figured them out, we think we understand them, they do something, and we just, we're totally thrown off kilter. Yeah. And we go, what the fuck? A lot of the shit they, <laughs> they come up with and do is just random as shit to, to yeah. a lot of us. Yeah. Uh, completely acceptable within their, within their own culture, within, with, with themselves, but we don't get it. And that's kind of why learning, like, learning about other cultures is always great. You know, that's, it's actually good to, to understand them more, to, yeah, to get to know them. Absolutely. It's not always great to accept them <laughs> for their culture. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want that lifestyle for no. myself. Like I, I would, there, there have been times in my life, namely in the past that I would have actually totally uh, been open to moving to Japan just to experience life there. Like after seeing some of, uh, some of the, you know, foreigner, uh, uh, interviews like how yeah. how they go about life. I'm like, ah, maybe not, <laughs> right? But you know, I mean, that's that's that is what it is. And it, there's other countries that are like this. There's European countries that are exactly the same fucking way, almost. Oh yeah, Greeks. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of the Norwegian esque uh, Norse kind of countries. Uh, some of them can be real sticklers mm-hmm. about shit like that. Yeah. Um, so it's you know every that's why that's why we're we're as unique as we are as Americans is just there's so many fucking different cultures that are are culminated in this country and so much of our fucking society nowadays at least the outspoken part of society wants us to all be the same. Yeah, we're supposed to be the live like, and let live society, and yet they want to change us into the oh, uh, you need to be just like me. You need to accept everything. And listeners, there's a big the difference I between do, ex- believe what I do. Exactly. Listeners, there's a big difference between acceptance and tolerance. We can be a nation of tolerance. You don't have to accept everything. There's a big difference. Those are, those are not yeah. the same things. And slowly we have people trying to change the definitions into the same thing. If you want the definitions of, of, of tolerance versus acceptance, go ahead and go look them up. They're very different. I can I can tolerate someone who eats grass by blending it up in a blender. 
I don't have to accept it for myself. I don't have to say that that's right. Cause I think that's gross. <laughs> you know, I, it, it's that, it's that whole thing of like, you, you can accept, you can accept a lot of things. You can tolerate a lot of things. They don't always correlate. Yeah. So it's okay to have those distinctions and it's okay to, it's okay for someone to not like something and say, but they'll tolerate it. But that's slowly not happening. And the reason why I brought this up listeners is because all of this stuff is being kind of pushed into our entertainment and we're getting really tired of it. And we want you guys to be able to see it and identify and go, you know, they're actually kind of right. Uh, this, this stuff's kind of creeping in there and it's not necessary. Um, it happens, it happens throughout uh, entertainment right now, but the uh, biggest one is how drastically that's changed for the MCU of we started out with something fun, entertaining. We just wanted to be told a story. They wanted to bring to life uh, a little bit of the feel of the comic books into existence, into the, onto the big, uh, motion picture screen. Now people can sit there and say, Oh, well that's bullshit because it's not exactly what's in the comic books. Newsflash for all those Marvel fans out there. If you've been reading comic books for just a couple of decades, you know that uh, even the six one six is not consistent at all. Uh, There's not one, one character story arc that goes from the beginning of Marvel all the way up to now that makes fucking sense. Because they reboot them over and over and over again. It happens right. all the fucking time. So the thing that gets there, me too with uh with with you know people that are I don't know what you want to call it, purists when it comes to that. Yeah. Like if if the movies were word for word, scene for scene, the comic books. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't that be kind of fucking boring since you've already experienced You've already it? seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the seen fuck this? would be the point? Like, it's like I'd a, understand if it was from a book because there's no pictures in a book. You use your imagination. Yeah, it's, but, well, it's like when we see a movie that's made <laughs> from a game. Yeah. Yeah. If it was, you know, it, and most of the time, most of the time those are fucking terrible. But most of the time, with, yeah. uh, they're extra, extra terrible if they do try to focus, you know, scene for scene, line for line. You know, if it does kind of its own thing, it's at least something a little bit different. You know? And sometimes um, tolerable. One, yeah, one of the one of the uh, examples I use for that is uh, the Avatar game, right? That came out. It wasn't a great game, but yeah. for a a game uh, from movie adaptation, it wasn't bad. I was like, I yeah. I actually had some fun with this. I like, I wouldn't I want to play amazing? a game based no. off of Jake Sully. Yeah. So like I, I have no no desire to play that character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, and I don't you don't even remember the the full on premise, but. Right. I, I don't I think you were I think you were somebody similar, but I don't think you were him exactly. But I don't remember. Yeah, you were as far as I know, you were a. Uh, you were I thought you were a researcher that kind of gets brought into it. I can't remember, but, but uh, I mean, there, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of examples of, of games trans translating very well yeah. from movies. Yeah, you know, there's there's the, the handful of exceptions. Um and you can't really count the Lego movies because or the Lego games because those those are completely different. <laughs> yeah, right. But the thing, like, you know, it's the, so the much aspect is, that it really is its own thing. Yeah, but the point is, is that 
Listeners, we also recognize when a movie is not going to be for us, when a movie based off a game is not going to be something we're going to want to watch. I don't want to watch the new Uncharted because it's not the character that I knew in the game. If I want that, I'll just go and play the game. Right. And see, for me, it, it would depend on it, it would depend on what they're doing with the story. Yeah, if they're doing something like, oh, this is way in his earlier days, then I'd be That's like, fair. okay, well, I'll give yeah. it a shot. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to. Yeah, listeners, yeah. Acceptance, tolerance. I will tolerate the fact that that Miles wants to see that movie. I'm not going to accept it <laughs> for myself. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't think the movie's. I don't think the movie's going to be that great. So, while Miles says it's it's dependent on uh, what they want to do with the story, I respect that. Yeah, that's fine. I. It's not for me. That's okay. Right. And if the but are MCU you is, are you out there campaigning that oh this this movie should never be made you know down with Sony or whoever the fuck is running the picture. Right? That'd be fucking weird. <laughs> uh, now, listeners, we say a lot of, like, I say hyperbolic things every now and then, you know, sometimes out of humor, some, sometimes just because of frustration uh, towards these companies. But, I mean, there's a point where you have to take certain things seriously and certain things just kind of go, well, you know, he's just talking out of his ass. Uh, and I'm willing to say that sometimes I'm talking out of my ass. That's fine. Um, who doesn't, right? But... Uh, I don't know, man. I'm always sincere. Always sincere. Everything I say. <laughs> real fake facts are real for me. Um, do you want, like, if you liked the MCU, if you wanted, if you wanted to stick with the MCU, then this is the story they're going to tell you, even if it doesn't feel right now like things are, are coming together to make an actual phase four. It doesn't feel like things are quite lining up in there. Marvel is too focused on agendas, and I think that they are. I think that that's why you got Shang Chi. I think that that's the only reason why you got Shang Chi because the only the the thing that doesn't make any sense is the Ten Rings. The Ten Rings it had tie into the Ten Rings from from Iron Man. Well, that was a Middle Eastern terrorist organization, not Chinese. And now it's suddenly Chinese. Like none of none of that makes sense. Hopefully, they do something to try and tie that stuff up. But we'll see. Uh it just kind of throw. It seems like they're they're throwing darts on a board, not going anywhere. And if you're a fan of the MCU and you're feeling that way, well, you're not alone. Hopefully, Marvel gets the cue and uh, they stop going after agendas and start realizing we just need to focus. We need to focus on telling better story. And hopefully, the rest yeah. of Hollywood realizes that and realizes that the problem that the that's always existed is within themselves, not the rest of us. They don't need to change the world. They need to change their own culture. You know, hopefully they go from there and the MCU will will start to tighten back up again and and we'll we'll end up getting a better story. Who knows if you've never been a fan of the MCU and you hate the way the MCU treats all your characters. You're you're barking up the wrong tree, man. You should have just stuck with the comic books. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I I wasn't made for you in that case. Yeah, I feel that way about Star Wars listeners. And personally, this is how I look at Star Wars. I, you know. I respect the prequels and the fact that they exist. I don't enjoy them overall. Uh, I I think that they're slapped together and badly told for story. But if you combine them with uh, the Clone Wars animated series, then that evens things out a bit and that makes it far more tolerable. I love the original trilogy. The original trilogy is just fantastic for me. Uh, Growing up as a kid, you know, watched them over and over and over again. But after that, it diverges. For me, the actual story for Star Wars 
goes into the novels, the books. The books are where it's at. In my opinion, that's where that's the pinnacle of Star Wars for storytelling was when it went into the books. Now, the books aren't all perfect. I'll admit there there are some crappy ones out there. But uh, for the main story of how things go and, and where Luke ends up, that is Star Wars for me. The new the new trilogy, while fun, and I enjoy them for the most part, uh, Last Jedi aside, it's still entertaining. It's just not a very good movie, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. You know, the, but in the, the grand scheme of things, that's what it's there for, is to be entertaining. Yeah, just to be entertaining. Yeah. And that's how I that's kind of how I see the entire new trilogy of just it's just entertaining. It's a fun, it's it's a fun experience, it's fun to watch. I don't consider those canon for me. Listeners, that's just the way I look at it. It's, they're not canon for me. And that's okay. It's okay that I enjoy the stuff that is now considered legends more than I enjoy this stuff. And perhaps in the future, maybe Disney will finally turn that boat around and start listening to the fans. Who knows? But or branch off and make its own, you know, legends extended universe. Legends extended know. universe. Who knows? Uh, it'd be nice if that happened. I I kind of feel like we got it. We kind of got that a little bit with the the Mandalorian, but uh, it is what it is, right? So I have I I've, I've realized that that's just not the the that's just where I'm at. If you hate the the sequel trilogy, then read the books. No joke. Go and read the books. The books are better. Uh, I think you'll find I think you'll find what you're looking for from that rather than rather than the movies and it's okay if you don't watch the next movies just because it's Star Wars doesn't mean you have to watch it just because you're a fan of Star Wars doesn't mean you have to see it (laughs) that's just you know it is what it is Loach is a massive fan of all things Star Wars he just enjoys Star Wars overall doesn't he doesn't really care He, he doesn't invest so much emotional uh, time into the characters to the point where, oh, that's that's garbage, you know, where he fucking hates everything. Right. And he's just wanting to have a good time. And that's okay. It's all right. I, I respect the fact that he likes Star Wars that much. This is not, this is not an issue for me. It doesn't ruin our friendship. We've been friends for over 20 years. <laughs> if that if that ruined the if that ruined the friendship, then man, what the fuck was what the fuck were we doing for 20 years? Is you know, but but does everybody else need to have your opinion? No. Does everybody else need to agree with you? No. Does everybody else need to agree with you and the fact that you love the MCU and somebody else hates it? No. Can you have a reasonable debate on on, on stuff? Yes. Are you going to change each other's mind? Very unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, like that's somebody like I would love to have back on the podcast again is Jay. Uh, Jay and I have had so many conversations when it comes to the MCU versus the comic books and stuff like that. And our different outlooks on it. Jay and I both are in the same mindset with that. We still want to see an actual Hulk. We want to see the Hulk from the comic books because he's such a badass in the comic books. It's never going to happen in the MCU. We both know that. Uh, I think, I think a big part of that is it's really hard to convey the amount of power that entails, you know, without it being just fucking devastating. Yeah, and that's the and that's I think you're I think you're right about that and the fact that I mean you look at Captain Marvel and they brought in Captain Marvel and said oh she's the most powerful Avenger never mind the fact that Scarlet really Scarlet Witch is listeners says yeah Scarlet Witch was the most powerful Avenger the moment they brought her in <laughs> she just didn't know it yet uh, and we all knew that <laughs> but uh, if you're going with sheer strength like power. Uh, 
I mean, the, the MCU or has basically established that, oh, Captain Marvel is more powerful than the Hulk. Oh, uh, Thor is more powerful than the Hulk. But in in the comic books, the Hulk is so devastatingly powerful. I mean, if you want to know how powerful the Hulk is, read Planet Hulk and then World War Hulk, and you will have a better understanding of just how devastatingly powerful his abilities are. And it's and it's yeah. all strength. It all has to do with the amount of anger he has because it's literally the angrier he gets, the stronger he gets. And he's so unbelievably in you know in, enraged by anything, he just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. It just doesn't stop. It just is never ending. Uh it's you know, the equivalent of like Superman when he's just, you know, if he's irradiated by the sun, it just doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so and I thought that was something that really DC did a good job of showing uh, just how powerful Superman is when it came, especially when it came to, you know, the Snyder cut of this guy is a living God in this universe. Very few things can stop him. So the Hulk, it, we would love, you know, Jay and I would, would have loved to have seen the Hulk treated that way. But I, given the universe that they've created for, for Marvel, it's really hard to suddenly get that across. So, yeah. I mean, you run into the same thing with the, the games. Yeah. You know, the Superman games, the Hulk games. How do you translate that kind of strength into a visual you know, uh, feedback, into a visual yeah. uh, medium? And yeah. you can do that easier in, in comic panels, in my opinion, than you can in... Uh, rolling media like that just because you know you, your your brain can kind of imagine and guess how how much shit is going down yeah Whereas when you're doing the uh you know true like streaming visual that you're trying to get all that frame for frame for frame and mm -hmm. it's that's that's daunting to begin yeah. with yeah you know, it really and is massive in scope so i mean i think that's probably a big part of it and you know, you, you as much as I love Superman, it's one of those things. It's it's hard to make a character like, oh well, you, nothing can phase him because Superman, or you know, nothing can phase him because Hulk. You know, like yeah, which makes me think One Punch Man live action really couldn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't work. Hmm. Uh, not in a video game either. <laughs> no. Uh, it, it makes for it makes for bad plot in in all reality. Yeah. Um, that's why I think you kind of see them get equalized in, in movies and shows. Yeah, they have to tone them down a little bit, make them a little more uh, vulnerable to at least at least something, whether it be on an emotional level, a personal level, something. They have to do something. I mean, look, like, you know, Tony Stark. Yeah. Tony Stark is a great flawed character in the simple fact that, I, you know, between alcoholism, womanizing, uh, the, the billionaire playboy philanthropist, like that's that's a the the whole thing in a nutshell of you have this person who's a walking contradiction of he's he's exceedingly flawed but he's also a superhero yeah uh and he knows it <laughs> he's, he's and he's not he's not ashamed of it <laughs> i was just to say and then you have you know like superman and you know one of the things that typically makes him equalized is he's he's a fucking boy scout you know he yeah. he doesn't take Typically, the violent actions that he could to just end things where they could be done with. Um, yeah. And that's a lot of DC, really. But 
and he generally doesn't know how to fight. It's all haymakers. <laughs> yeah, most of it's haymakers. So, he doesn't he doesn't understand how to fight. Uh, it's a joke. You make, him, his, you make him kind of combat dumb. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a joke that has come up multiple times within the DC within the DC comic books, and uh, I'm surprised that it hasn't been brought up with uh, with the or wasn't brought up with the movies with uh, between Bruce and uh, and Suit. But that's kind of like you know that's how they he he depends a lot on his strength, right? He, he depends on his abilities too much. Yeah, is the case, and. Like you said, he's a Boy Scout. He doesn't want to hurt. He holds back so much. Like that's one thing that I thought that Zack Snyder did an amazing job with with uh, Man of Steel is the fact of could you imagine being somebody that powerful and having to hold back so much because you don't want to hurt people because you don't right. you know that anything you do you could flick your finger the wrong way and completely kill someone. That takes an amazing amount of personal strength. Just yeah. to hold back. And Spider-Man in that in that aspect is kind of the same way of the fact of he's always been written of being Peter Parker and being this kind person who's exceedingly intelligent and a good person overall. He's a smart ass, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you're you're talking about somebody who in a fight with a normal person easily could kill them. With even some of the bad guys that he fights, could easily kill them with one punch. Could could completely shatter their rib cages, blow up their hearts. I mean, he is so strong, but he holds back because he doesn't want to kill them. He just wants to stop them. Yeah. And that makes him, you know, that's, that's the kind of hero he is. Whereas Stark, he does that on some levels, but in some cases he'll just fucking, he'll straight up fucking gank somebody. (laughs) Like yeah. this person's yeah. an imminent threat that needs to be stopped forever. <laughs> That's why I'm always a big fan of anti-heroes, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. For the most part, they usually, you know, pull for the greater good, but they're not going to suffer fools. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just going to end this. You're, you're an equation that I can't tolerate. So I'm just going to remove you. <laughs> yeah. That's what it comes down to. Uh, so, Anyways, uh, <laughs> that listeners, now you've heard a conversation that's gone way off the rails, but we've, we've, you know, this is how we geek out on stuff and how we talk about things. And, uh, especially when it's dealing with the culture of comic books, the culture of movies and where things are going and how people, you know, how people perceive them, but just know as an audience and as a fan, uh, you outnumber the people who are trying to set the agendas and yeah. the easiest way to, to <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the easiest ways to stop the agendas is if you see them and point them out, uh, point them out to other people, point them out to, uh, the studios themselves. If you like, it's not necessarily canceling them. It's just pointing out like, Hey, look, we know what you're, what you guys are doing. This isn't what we want. Let them know this isn't what we want. And you can vote with your wallet. Just don't go use them. Just don't go see them. Don't, don't give them your money. Don't give them your time. I'm doing that with Space Jam. I don't, I'm not going to see a movie with somebody that I dislike on nearly every level. So many levels. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a monster of a human being. Listeners, I just don't like him. Uh, uh, so it's, it's something I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not going to de- dedicate my time and my money to this. So I'm just not going to support it at all. And you can do that with games. You can do that with movies. You can do that with pretty much anything. 
anything you disagree with, just don't give me your money. Yes. It's pretty simple when it comes down to it. And in some cases, you end up in a situation like where a family member is like, oh, well, I want to watch this. Well, we don't have that service anymore. Well, I don't care. I want to watch it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to have that conversation anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to get the service and I don't have to have this, this argument. Uh, I've had that kind of conversation before. But uh, moving on to other stuff, listeners, and we'll, we'll give you our actual reviews of uh, Loki. And we can talk a little bit about Loki with it if you want, Miles. Loach seemed really disappointed that we were going to be doing that without him, but I, I kind of want to just get it out and done. But uh, well, We can always revisit it. It's not like it's that big that's true. of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not like we don't repeat ourselves all the time. Anyways. Yeah. Listeners, uh, Valve decided that they were going to enter the console market <laughs> with a PC. And uh, they've created a handheld that is literally a PC, listeners, if you're wondering what it is. It's it's not just a handheld. It's not like it's not just a Wii or not a Wii. Uh, it's not just a uh, Switch. It's an actual PC in your hand. And uh, they still don't know how to price things, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nah, not saying like I'd, listen, I'd be curious to know what the markup is on it. Uh, yeah, the because, markup. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if there is much of a markup given the parts that are in there and the cost of creating something like that. It's yeah. probably pretty much on the nose. Valve isn't known for uh, really <sighs> Valve isn't known for making cheap equipment mm. and then charging a shit ton for it. They make things that are that are genuinely expensive to make uh, and are, you know, in, in case of like, look at their, their, uh, their VR headset technology. Uh, the stuff for that, like actually is industry changing uh, for a lot of the stuff that's in there. I mean, you know, sensors that, that actually can sense when your hand is squeezing things like that on their controllers, that's not cheap to make. So they do push, areas in the industry and they do push certain technology that is actually game changing for a lot of things. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's not, not really much of a markup on there. The only downside is, is that cause listeners, the reason why we say, the reason why I say that they, they don't know how to price things is because consoles typically when they launch, uh, usually they're sold at a, at a loss because of the cost of development, the cost of technology that's going into it at the time, the things that are going into it, like in, let's say with this, this new generation at the time, the stuff that was going into it was all new. It was a lot of it was still in development, was going into the brand new graphics cards, was going into the the brand new uh, CPUs that were coming out. So they're kind of cutting edge the day they launch. Now, fast forward a couple of months later, obviously technology changes like that very easily. So that quickly becomes old technology very, very fast. But with, uh, with valve, they sit there and they go, okay, a lot of this is new technology. A lot of this stuff is having to be developed solely for us, like having specialized GPUs, having things that are having to be compact to fit into this small space. All that stuff costs a lot of money and costs a lot of things or costs a lot of money to develop. But the downside is, is that when you're selling it, they turn around and they go, okay, well, we're not going to sell it at a loss. We're going to sell it for either at cost or we're going to sell it for, uh, you know, slight, a slight markup so that we can make back what we've cost, what's cost us in development. And it makes me sit there and go, who is this for this, this PC? 
if it's for somebody who's never owned a PC, okay, I can I can understand that, but uh graphically it's not pushing any boundaries. It's a small it's graphically it's weaker, it's a lot weaker than even the Xbox uh Series S, which is the the small, the lower end of the Xbox spectrum for uh this generation. I want to say a lot less uh Series S is, I think, uh, 4.2 teraflops for compute power from the GPU versus this one's 1.6 teraflops of compute power. That's a that's a huge leap, listeners. That's big for a GPU. Uh, it has eight compute units ver- or eight CUs versus I think the Series S has uh, 32. I want to say 36 somewhere around there. Uh, might have to double check that, <laughs> but I know it's it's significantly lower than uh, the Series X's uh, over fifty. So I believe that's right. got fifty two. So uh, that that's a eight CUs, fifty two CUs, thirty something CUs. Like that's and when I say CUs, that's compute units for a GPU. That's a big big chunk, listeners. That's big. So can it play AAA PC games? Well, for the most part, it can. It plays them on lower settings, and it plays the you know plays a large library that Steam already has available to it. Uh, it also has trackpads on there, which allow you to use them as mouse. So there's a lot of things that they're making already, uh, like they, they already thought of in order to make sure you can play pretty much anything that's in their library. So Steam's coming out with you know with this handheld that has one of the largest gaming libraries for any handheld in history. Right. That's a huge plus for them. But is the price point at $400 to 650 what? What was it? Was it just 650? 650? Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, uh 350 4 450 or 5. I have and a screenshot six, of it on my phone. Yeah. I can uh, pull it up really quick. Chances are, if you're if you're you know a hardcore PC gamer, you're you're not getting this anyways. Um, you know, this is going to be for somebody that you know clearly just wants their games on the go, or yeah. you know doesn't want to bother with a, a PC fully. Yeah. Um, you know, if I had ridiculous amounts of money and I felt like doing it, I might do it just to have access to some PC games. Right. <laughs> but. Yeah, you know, I mean, so it's more powerful than the, and the it, Switch, and it's less powerful than you know our, our new our current gen consoles. Yeah, and it does have a dock, and it does let you attach it. You know, t- uh, hook it up to a monitor or a p or, or right. a computer or sorry, a TV, uh, so you can play it. You know, just like you would a PC or something like that. Um, it has the same listeners has the same kind of connectivity that uh, PCs do. So you could plug in a, you know, your own controller if you wanted and play it from that. It has, you know, think of, think of a modern day laptop. It has all those capabilities. Yeah. It's not like it's, it's not a you know, capable of that. And if you do decide that, okay, this is just going to be my main PC, but I want more power. You can buy an external graphics card. It's, not hard to do. You buy an external graphics card. It hooks up through the USB. Uh, fastest connection is usually USB-C, and you go from there. And it will give you much of the same graphical capabilities as a full-blown PC, without you know, almost without issue. So, uh, 
can create some latent or a little bit of latency, but it's not a lot usually or usually. But uh, the thing is like their price point is $400, uh, $230 or sorry, 500, $230, <laughs> $530 and 650. Uh, and the memory, or I should say the, the drive space, the SSD space on it is really small uh, at, at the start. Right. It's, it's 64, 64. Gig board or gigabytes. That's, that's basically just enough to have OS 10 or, you know, micro or sorry, uh, have uh, Windows 10 on there. Sorry, I was also going to talk about Windows uh, 11 today and it looks like OS X. Um, but uh it, it's just enough to have Windows 10 on there and a couple of games, maybe a handful, uh, maybe just one, depending on the size. It does have a uh, an SSD or a micro SD uh, slot, so you can expand that memory, thankfully. Uh, they thought ahead on that and want to make sure that you can actually expand on uh, what you have for internal memory. Uh, but... The step up from that that goes up to five hundred and thirty dollars is two hundred and fifty six gigabytes, and then from there it goes to six hundred and fifty bucks with five hundred and twelve gigabytes. And I like I just don't like I don't understand who this is for. Like in the end, I I know that there's probably going to be a, there's probably going to be plenty of people who buy it, and I I just don't know why. I don't know what like what their their demographic their crowd the crowd they're trying to intrigue with this is. Is it is it the the switch people who have never owned a PC and they're trying to get them into the PC market, which may be very, you know, may very well be it. But with that, you're, you're hitting a price point. That's not, uh, not readily, readily accepted by console gamers. There's a reason why console gamers go to consoles and for the price points that you're hitting, if somebody's already on the switch and going, all right, well I can buy this, or I can buy an Xbox Series X eventually whenever fucking scalpers stop doing that shit. Fuck you, scalpers, by the way. Uh, I can buy an Xbox it Series is. X or a PS5 in the future. Well, those are cheaper and they're far more powerful. So, yeah. Uh, Valve, you know, I I would love to hear the marketing stuff behind that of why... You created this thing for one. Uh, were you just tired of hearing about the? Were you like me and tired of hearing about the Switch Pro for so fucking long that you decided to make your own? Because hats <laughs> off for that. Way. Fuck. Uh, hey, I mean, God, it, it opens up a, a another kind of market for him. And like you said uh, in chat, um, another another platform for Game Pass to be put on. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's the only thing I, I can think of is that they literally were just like, you know what, this might be a gateway for some people who have never gotten into PCs who have who thought that they couldn't afford a PC and want to that maybe this is the easier path for them and it gives them a portability function that they've never thought was possible with PC before perhaps that's it and yeah, if that's do, the case that's cool i would do this in a fucking heartbeat over stadia <laughs> oh yeah easily <laughs> easily this over stadia uh, that's a that's a fucking no brainer, I, listeners. It has it has it has the same connectivity, like I said, of any laptop, which means it can use Wi Fi, Bluetooth, all that stuff. On top of that, it can use Game Pass. It can use every single gaming service that's available. That includes Origin, Ubisoft Plus. It can use everything out there. You think of a PC, it can do what a PC does. It's a PC itself. 
on top of that, it has access to Steam with that. And Steam, when I, you still have to buy games. There's, there's, there's not a, there's not a Steam service yet, subscription service. I would say I wouldn't be surprised with this launch that they do something like that. But you have the largest library of games in history available to you at the palm of your hands. And I am not exaggerating when I say the largest library of games. There's nothing on the planet, literally, that competes with the PC's gaming library. You could reach back in time, <laughs> practically, and play old games, play old Fallout, Fallout 2, Diablo, Diablo 2. All that stuff still runs on a current PC. You have to do some, you know, you might have to do some finagling. That happens. But you're going to be able to play all these games. You're going to be able Can to play, play the cinnamon toast crunch space adventure. <laughs> <laughs> now are they, you know, are these games going to look the greatest ever? No, the screen's only a seven, you know, seven twenty P it's designed mostly to try and utilize a little bit more of the CPU than the GPU to try and make up for uh, some of its lackings here and there, but it's not creating a limitation for you of you can't play this anywhere. You can play this anywhere. You can plug it into your TV. You can play it from there. You can plug in other controllers. You can play the play it from those if you prefer those kind of controls. It's giving you more options than PCs have had in a long time. And on top of that, when you start getting into the PC crowd and start learning more about the hardware and stuff like that, you start learning about external graphics cards and things and go, huh, this thing actually, if, if I wanted to upgrade it and have it look like the greatest stuff on earth, rather than turning around now that I've got this PC and I've spent... You know, maybe you go with the cheaper one because that's probably the most ideal and you just put in a, a micro SD card. You take this uh, 400 piece of, you know, 400, you know, piece of a $400 piece of equipment and you say, okay, well, rather than buying another console, buying an Xbox, buying a PlayStation, I could just buy a better graphics card, have it put into an external enclosure and call it good. That's... Not a bad way to go because listeners, even even on the mid-range graphics cards that have come out, and I'm talking like the RTX 3060s, the uh, you know XT you know XT uh, 70 or uh, 6700s, uh, those those are even more powerful than the current gen consoles that have just come out. You know, two so, uh, two attractive features I saw on there, like immediately when they unveiled it. Bigger yeah. controls than the Switch, by oh, default. Yeah. Yeah, human and, hands uh, can use this. <laughs> and Xbox, but uh, Xbox controller layout. <laughs> yep. I was like, hey, you know what works. <laughs> well, the reason why that would be is because uh, Xbox is PC. Yeah. Microsoft. Yeah. Canada, you know. And hats off to Microsoft. Thanks for keeping that standard. Um, yeah. You know, no, no a button in the top fucking slot or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, this, I've, this is how I've it is. seen videos. I've seen videos where people take the buttons out of their, their switch controllers and they put them in the spots that they believe they should be. They're like, <laughs> that's, that's tempting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so listeners it is, the Steam Deck something that we're going to buy? No, there's no reason for any of us, any of us in the group to buy it. No, uh, none of us have the disposable income to really 
do that anyways. That's true. Yeah. I, I've, <laughs> yeah, my, my, what I was going to spend in other areas, I used to get a graphics card. Um, so I, there's a, and based off of what I'm doing with, or what I've been able to accomplish with my graphics card, there's a strong likelihood I won't be getting an Xbox series X. Um, not, not just because it's more, it's that much more powerful, but given the integration that they're doing in the future with Xbox and PC, it's looking less likely that I'll need an Xbox series X. Um, so long as it doesn't fuck us over in multiplayer <laughs> right? in the future, like it did with Sea of Thieves, but we will see. Um, so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how well this sells and who buys it and what's it for. I saw one that uh, the screenshot that I have oddly says that uh, the three models are coming out in waves, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense other than the, you know, since they're, the models aren't that much different or any different really, except for one has more, you know, they each have more memory as you go up. But one said like first quarter, uh, 2022, second quarter, 2023 or 22. And then, uh, third quarter 2022 and i went that's really late for that last model uh so maybe the other and it's quite possible maybe that they're just trying to stagger it for cost reasons and that's what i was you wondering know, is like maybe, it's, maybe it's to stagger parts. for cost maybe it's to make sure that they hit orders that they get and it also could just be testing out the market of seeing like well if the first one doesn't do well the second one's not going to do well the second the third yeah, one's why not sink do well. the money into the other ones Bingo. Yeah. So I'm wondering <laughs> yeah. if that's the case. Makes sense. But uh, yeah, we'll see. It'll, it'll, like I said, listeners, it'll be interesting. Um, moving on to some more PC news really quick is Windows. Uh, I forgot to bring this up for weeks now, but Microsoft showed off Windows, or well, leaked and then showed off uh, Windows 11. And uh, it's almost literally <laughs> Apple OS 10. I, I literally sat there going, I, I don't know why this is even, why, why is this even being made? <laughs> and, uh, it's not it, listeners. It's not that it's terrible or, you know, I hate it or anything like that. In all honesty, listeners, the, what they've shown off is exactly what was originally leaked ugh, fucking forever ago back with Longhorn. And, uh, that was when they were rebuilding windows from the ground up and, they were supposed to be going to a new platform essentially. And it was very much like OS X and uh, Linux at the time. So, you know, dock at the bottom, start, you know, the start menus at the in the middle uh, on the, uh, the bottom bar. It's very much like where you find your finder in a Mac. It's, it's almost exactly the same layout. So, why are they why are they switching to this? Well, is it because it's that much better? No, it's actually pretty much just Windows 10 only with a new coat of paint. Uh the thing that they're switching over to though is they're getting rid of the uh x86 uh Intel capabilities, which means your old programs that everyone's been using and that has been pretty much industry standard and even a lot of current developers are still using today are no longer no longer going to be compatible moving forward. So if you go to Windows 11, it'll be really interesting to see the amount of programs that are no longer compatible with Windows for one. 
And two, they're going to stop supporting Windows 10 in two, by 2025. There is a lot of resistance to this. And the last time I saw this much anger and this much resistance was with Windows 8. And Windows 8 was a dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, and Windows 8 was a dumpster fire, not because it wasn't capable or anything like that. It was because people fucking hated the tiles. They did not want the tiles. The tiles were shit. They were clunky, yeah. slow. Everything about Windows 8 was just not, one, not what we were used to, and two, just not properly functional for a normal person. It was made for a, a touch screen. It was made for a tablet. It was not made for a computer. And they decided, oh, yeah, we'll just put it on a computer. No. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Yeah, I kind of miss just the old school layout of like 98. <laughs> right? You knew where everything was. Super, that's the thing. Yeah. It's super like, easy to navigate. <laughs> and that's and that's the problem with this is the fact like they're they're now crossing into we want to make this more friendly. We want to make PCs more friendly for people. If I wanted my computer to be a Mac, I'd own a Mac. And I do own a Mac, listeners. I own a Mac and a PC. That's what I'm recording on right now is a Mac. So there are certain things with, with the screen because <laughs> you had that, uh, that issue. Yeah. Uh, was it two I weeks had back? My fucking, yeah. Back? I had my fucking screen literally, <laughs> literally fall off my iMac. I was so fucking furious. <laughs> now it's held on there with, uh, uh the double sided tape on the inside and gaffer tape. That, that bitch ain't going anywhere. Uh, I, I literally miles almost decided to go to super glue. <laughs> almost went this this bitch ain't coming off if it dies it dies uh <laughs> no but you know that's that's what i use primarily listeners for editing the podcast it's what i've worked on i've worked on Macs for over two decades now and i enjoy them for what they are i enjoy a lot of stuff about them i hate it when when os 10 changes so much that i can't find shit and I hate it the same way I hate it when I use a Windows system. When Windows makes an update that is so different and I can't find stuff, I am infuriating. You have, you, you, listeners, you have no idea what it was like going from Windows 7 and, uh, or even, even being from, from Windows XP to Vista to 7 and then going to Windows 10 and not being able to find the control panel right away. Oh my God. I almost burned my computer right there. <laughs> almost lit the bitch on fire. I was so pissed. I could not find it. And I, I finally just went to this, went to the, uh, the search bar and just typed in control panel instantly comes up. I'm like, why the fuck isn't it where I just, where we normally have it? Why do things have to be moved for no reason? It doesn't change how the system runs. So why did it yeah. need to be moved? Well, reasons because we wanted to it's make safe. things. And it translates uh, over to consoles too. Anytime they do that shit with Xbox yep. and they move shit around, I'm like, why? Yep. <laughs> why? Uh, or even PlayStation to a degree. It's I'm still technically not really used to the PlayStation 5's interface. Yeah. Because it's it's not bad, but it's clunky. And it's not as fluid as it should be. Yeah. And I I don't understand how a lot of the shit passes design. Yeah, I, I will say one thing where Microsoft, at least they're trying to be more uniform when it comes to the Xbox arch architecture of yeah. its interface. Yeah, it's better now than it UI. was two, three years ago. Yeah, I mean, and on top of that, the UI is not going to be changed from generation to generation. They're using the same operating system 
for the system. Yeah. So that's a that's a plus in my opinion. It's still infuriating when anything changes or moves. I mean, I got pissed off with the new or with the Xbox uh, update that moved where my settings were. Like we're just to find the settings panel. Yep. <laughs> I was like, the fuck? Like, why? Why did you move it? Because we think it's more accessible here. To who? The people who haven't been using your system? <laughs> like that's that's the thing, is like they they change they make these changes and it screws over the people who've been using them for years and thinking, oh, it makes it more accessible for the people who haven't been using our systems. The people who haven't been using our systems just need to fucking learn. You don't force everyone else to to relearn this shit. That's fucking ridiculous. That'd be like if uh, you know every time Adobe came out with a Photoshop, you have to relearn the fucking key commands because the key commands have changed. That's that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, you know, listeners. I'm not, I'm not completely against Windows 11, but I'm not for necessarily for it either. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the new design, although you can change where the uh, where the start, you know, where the start menu is. You can actually move it over to the left again where it, where it's normally at. And, but I I'm not a huge fan of how when you click on it how the start bar works. It's very much like when you pull up the apps function on your OS 10. You know, you pull up a or sorry Launchpad uh, on Windows or on OS 10, which is completely pointless. Uh, I don't know why that even exists. It's supposed to be making things more convenient. It actually makes things a lot harder to find than it is just to go into your hard drive, go into applications where everything's listed alphabetically um, and easier to find. I can find things twice as fast in that than I can in Launchpad. The biggest thing that I'm actually against is the uh, x86 things because they haven't really explained how older uh, applications are supposed to translate over to that. There are even video games that use x86 that run using that using that program set so if that's no longer going to be supported does that mean a lot of our games go out does that mean that gamers themselves are going to have to have two versions of windows on their systems we're gonna have to have windows 10 and windows 11 because as windows 11 becomes the only platform supported that's where games are going to be moving as well it's it's all it all seems very anti-consumer in the end yeah and that's that's the problem oh and on top of that listeners if you have i found this out uh if you have a sixth generation or a seventh generation intel uh processor uh seventh generation and below or 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 earlier are not supported by windows 11 so you're fucked that means that you you move yeah yeah see so you move over to windows 11 you have to upgrade so that's another problem it's it's all just anger inducing for a lot of people and it's understandable why many of them are mad uh a lot of people think that oh it's because they're so pissed off with the design change because it's too like too much like a mac well that's one reason but that's a a one reason in a long list (laughs) of other reasons uh, on top of that usually when windows comes out with a operating system like when they came out with windows 10 that the previous operating system is supported for five years uh that's not the case in this windows 11 will come out uh later on i believe the uh, late this uh this fall and will only su- be supported until 2025 so if it's only supported through 2025 that's not five years Anyways, it'll be really, it'll be a very interesting 
uh, set of events. I'm looking forward to it on the simple fact that I'm looking forward to seeing what Microsoft does to try and placate the, uh, the PC crowd. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the PC crowd. And if they all just say, fuck you, I'm not switching over to Windows 11 like we did with Windows 8 and told Microsoft to go fuck themselves. Um, right. Because that's exactly what happened, listeners. <laughs> Windows 8 came out and that was probably one of the worst selling Windows platforms ever. Uh, it was only, in fact, it was one of the few Windows platforms that was a, that was made available so mostly on just uh, store-bought computers where people were buying it buying a store-bought computer, going to Windows 8, and then immediately reverting to Windows 7. Huge amount of people doing that. Uh, I had a couple of friends who owned copies of Windows 7 specifically to do that themselves. So, uh, tells you how much we hated Windows 8. Right. And then so they tried Windows to 11, pressure people into uh, switching, into uh, quote-unquote upgrading. For a period there where they were like, well, we're going to just Windows 7 is just going to stop working. And yeah. Then they fucking reverted back on it. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they said that uh, the support for Windows 7 was going to end in five years. And then they extended that to it's I mean, it was supported uh, up even up all the way through. Uh, I think like two le- or two first two, three years of Windows 10. Yeah. Now, this What's really funny to me is the fact that I remember when Windows 10 was getting ready to launch and one of the marketing people that had talked about it was the reason why Windows 10 was called Windows 10 was because they were skipping nine and going to 10. 10 will be the last Windows. It'll be the Windows of the decade. It's the the final Windows. It's not going to be they're They're, they're not going to have any more after this. It's just going to be Windows 10 from here on out. And after this, we're just going to call it Windows. Right. So what happened to that? Well, Microsoft's CEO said, oh, no one ever said it was going to be the last Windows. And I went, ah, that's not true. <laughs> there was plenty of people within Microsoft that said, this is the last Windows you'll ever need. That's uh, definitely not true. It's now going to Windows 11. And I look forward to the dumbass marketing of, hey, we are on Windows 11 and, my, and Apple's still on OS 10. <laughs> Makes me laugh, especially the fact that Windows 11 is just Windows 10. Windows 10 is Windows 9. <laughs> if you guys were going to come out with another with another Windows and it was going to be called Windows 11, why didn't you just call the first one Windows 9? Are you afraid of the 99999 jokes of the people <laughs> who weren't going to switch over to it? Because that would have been funny. Anyways. Doesn't work Moving in on. Germany. <laughs> Moving on. You know, somebody figured out how to uh, create an auto-aim bot using a camera and a second computer. To watch what you do on screen and correct your shots for you. That was interesting. Well, reality. Uh, Fear Street. We went through that entire shebang. Yep. Um, it, was, it was worth a watch. The uh, the last movie um, that came out, the uh, boring 1666, the first half of it, the first hour is boring. It's yeah. not great. Um Kind of redeems itself <clears throat> in the later half. Uh, you know, I feel like it wanted to be as good as like Stranger Things, and it doesn't hit that mark. But yeah, it was fun. It was entertaining. It definitely has that feel uh, to it. Yeah, you know, if you're fun of the kind of campy comedy horror, um, you know, it's worth a go through. 
Yeah, it tries to pay a lot of homage to other horror movies that have come before it. Uh, the first one being uh, 1994, which kind of pays homage to Scream and other uh, slashers. Um, has a lot of the same musical cues, stuff like that. We've talked about that before. Uh, 1984 is an homage to the you know, 80s horror movies. Same kind Jason of vibe. Michael. Yeah. 1666 is kind of an homage to movies like uh, The Witch or Vivich, as Miles and I like to call it. <laughs> uh, and also The Village. Uh, movies that are more yeah. time or more like uh, period pieces and uh, and horror based. So that's that's what they're they're kind of lined up for. And 1666 doesn't spend all of its time in there. Thankfully, it goes back to the 1994 uh, era to wrap up that storyline. Um, and that's where really the movie gets better listeners. The, the movie's kind of a drag during the 1666 stuff. And then like miles said, you know, it's the latter half is, is really where it's at. So yeah. stick with it. I know it'll probably be boring. If you're like us, you're going to be sitting there going, Oh, come on. Like you're going to want to fast forward through stuff. Don't fast forward through it. Just wait. It'll, it'll get there. Uh, it, it has a point on being there. It's just, yeah, it drags. Yeah, there, there's uh, a reason for it. It's just a drag. It kind of feels like one of those things of this should have this part of the story. If it weren't for the fact that it's actually in this is a spoiler, listeners, but it's minor. Uh, it's a flashback for two characters to experience what took place back then. But if it weren't for that aspect, it could have easily just been flashbacks dispersed through the other two films to explain the events leading up to uh, what took place. But yeah. that's that's not how it was treated. So excuse me, it is and, what it uh, is. Vargo pointed out uh, in discussion uh, last night that uh, you know it was based on R.L. Stein's uh, book series by the same title. Yep. But they do kind of leave it open-ended to a degree. Uh, where they could expand on it if they really wanted to, and it's Netflix. They like beating the hell out of things until they can't get viewers viewership yeah. anymore. So I could see them maybe doing some more. I'd be perfectly fine with them leaving it where it is, but we'll see. Agree. Yeah, I think uh, I think leave it where it is. Don't don't do any more. But uh, like you said, it's Netflix, and they will do what they want to do. Yeah. And I think. We brought it up, but we didn't review it. Gunpowder milkshake. Yep. Um, it was it was okay. It was it, it was, was fine. Yeah, it was about what I expected, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. You know, I was hoping for something a little bit better. My 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 uh, expectations might have been a little bit higher than what we actually got. But yeah, the trailer kind of go through. built it up a bit. Yeah. But always uh always fun to see Karen Gillian and some more stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, she, you know, she's very talented and, uh, it was, it was a fun story. It listeners, it definitely tries to kind of, it feels like a trying to, trying to push a bit of an agenda during it. Um, it's got a very big, uh, male versus female, uh, dichotomy to it. And that was, I kind of felt a little unfortunate, but it's not overtly in your <laughs> face. Uh, unless you're it's catching not, up on the themes, it's not new Ghostbusters going. bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not nearly that bad. Um, 
it's not, you know, overtly in your face. You, if you start catching up on the themes as it goes, you're going to be going, you're going to be saying the same things of me as like, huh, she doesn't actually have any female opponents. Huh. Uh, they may, they just made a speech. They make a speech literally about how, uh, men, these men who make the rules and change the rules as they want to see, to suit their own needs. And I'm, and, uh, Another character talks about the fact that he could, you know, he couldn't relate to his daughters and uh, how a son changed that and made him no longer a stranger in his own home. And uh, I thought it was all kind of very much by the end. It was a little it was a little thick, but it still was entertaining. It was what it was. I even if that's even if none of that stuff had come up, it still would have just been meh to me. Yeah. It it was just kind of a middle of the road. This is why we need the the star ratings back on Netflix, or you need a uh, uh, neutral uh, symbol on there because it's neither good nor bad. I wouldn't I wouldn't have downrated. It's not something I'd watch again. Um, yeah. But it is what it is, and if you get some entertainment out of it, more power to you. Still don't understand why uh, Gillian or Ghislaine or whatever however you say her name is last name uh, i don't understand why she couldn't just used her actual accent given the fact that her mother in the movie is british right and even if she had to do a little bit of a uh changed her accent i mean she's listen she's scottish so um there's almost no reason <laughs> for it they just decided to give her an american accent because i think that I, maybe it's because that's what people know her for like are, are used to hearing now i could be, could be, because it it takes place in America, you know. So did it? You know, it looked day. like it was. I think so it looked like it was in another country based off the library. I don't know, but I don't know. All fictional, so it, it, it had a it had a New York <laughs> feel to me. But, okay. Um, I don't I don't know if it ever even expressly states where it is, but that's the feeling I got from it. Got it. Um, especially given given pretty much everybody else's non-russian accent <laughs> yeah i like i i for me it came across as a very european vibe but yeah, uh just the city city wise but uh in which case if that is the case then it really doesn't make any sense for it really doesn't make any sense. using an american accent right but, yeah it is what it is so yeah uh listeners black widow was fun and entertaining we enjoyed uh well i enjoyed it um i uh I know the rest of the guys saw it and uh, Loach liked it. The, I think we, I think the main complaint that he and I both had was with task uh, taskmaster and uh, just how unutilized that character was. And it was just a throwaway villain. Especially when you had such a good uh, representation of him, in my opinion, in the uh, Spider-Man games. Right. Yeah. It was like, you Great had a really Spider-Man cool concept games. there that you probably could have worked around borrowing uh, heavily from. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In the end, I would say it's it's worth the watch. I enjoyed it. I went and saw it in theaters. Uh, I thought that the action was awesome. It was well acted. Um, there are some fun characters, a lot of fun moments. So that made it a a enjoyable film for what it was. It should have come out five to six years ago. Oh yeah, um, but it is what it is, and uh, I'd say it's worth a watch, Miles. Uh, I it's one of those situations where I can't honestly recommend it or not recommend it. It that's fair. 
you know, and a lot of that is just because it's not a necessary movie in, in, in the grand scheme okay. of things yeah. when it comes to the MCU, but it's not bad. It's just, yeah. Unless they really plan on doing something at the end with the credit, the end credit scene that seems out of place. Right. So I, you know, it could have just not come out. I would have been fine. Honestly, like if That's it fair. came out five, six years ago, probably totally different attitude. Yeah. So moving on to shows and uh, eventually anime. Um, Loki. Loki was fun. We enjoyed it. We'd say it's worth a watch. If you have Disney plus absolutely worth a watch. If you don't have Disney plus and you think, Oh man, I need to watch this in order to know what's going on. You don't, you really don't. Uh, if you've already accepted the fact that Mar- the MCU is what it is and that there's going to be a multiverse, you're fine. It, I, I don't see Kang showing up in uh, Dr. Strange. I don't see it being really relevant to anything going on in the cinematic uh, uh, in theaters universe portion. So. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was an interesting take on uh, Sylvie and a uh, very different take on Loki in the year or past years. And they've been slowly in the MCU been trying to make Loki into somewhat of a good guy. He's like an anti-hero, even though he's massively evil. Uh, I mean, who kills millions of people in New York, right? Um, or is responsible for, for all that destruction. Uh, not a good person. Yeah. So no, but he's a fun character, but he's a fun character to watch. You know, all of it's well acted. Uh, the uh, final scenes in, in the movie, you know, not giving anything away. Uh, the actor who plays, who, who well, I don't want to say who it is. Uh, I've already, well, I tend to be already mentioned him, but <laughs> the actor <laughs> in, in the final scenes uh, did a wonderful job. Um, not exactly who I would have pictured playing the part, but given the uh, characteristics that they gave him, and I'm sure that in the second season we'll see much more of different variants of that character, uh, it's a good choice of an actor to use because he has a great range on him and his ability uh, definitely comes through with the part that he plays. So, yeah. Disappointed that uh, Vince Vaughn didn't make a cameo. <laughs> yeah. Just some would throwaway been, role would have been fun. That would have been fun. Yeah, it would have been fun. Uh, going on to anime. Uh, there's a lot to cover, uh, but I'll try to be as quickly as I can or go as quickly as I can. Fireworks. I watched that on Netflix. It's a movie. It was uh, it was good, entertaining. It's worth to me. It's worth the watch. It's. You know, kind of juvenile because the characters themselves are juvenile. I mean, they're they're kids in it. And, uh, it's, you know, more, the, the movie's more about young love and, uh, this main character who has a crush on this girl and barely gets to talk to her. She doesn't really converse with them. She essentially finds out she's going to have to move. And she finally, I, I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to wait and regret, you know, not having, uh, not having taken a chance kind of thing. And uh, due to a certain, you know, due to a series of events, something happens where 
this kid discovers the ability to essentially turn back time and re-experience a different scenario than what had happened to him. And he ends up kind of changing a series of events as it goes along in the movie several times over and over again to try and get a different result. And you get the feeling of, okay, this is kind of creating different worlds, you know, different timelines kind of deal where he goes back and changes something. But when he goes back and changes something, the, even though it's the result he wanted, it's in a different world than where he came from. So certain things that had led up to that were slightly different. So certain, uh, conversations that he had with other people never took place or did take place, that kind of stuff. Like I said, it's worth watch. Uh, let's see. I have BNA, which is brand uh, stands for, I found out it stands for brand new animal. Uh, I might've reviewed this in the past listeners. I apologize if I have, I didn't mark, I don't have it marked off on my anime reviews, uh, list, but, uh, that one's a good, uh, I don't know if I should say good. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I reserve like for anime listeners, I reserve good for ones that are, that I, I find truly intriguing that I would have would rewatch again. Uh, BNA is not necessarily one I would rewatch. Um, but I felt like it was, it's worth the first watch. Does that make sense? Kind of like, uh, you know, when we one time through, yeah, it's, it's a one time through. Um, it's a good, you know, it's a good one time through. I don't see that. I don't really see them going anywhere with a second season, but I could be wrong. They kind of left it open for a possible second season. If they do a second season, I honestly don't know if I'll go back and watch it, but it was a good one time through. I enjoy the main character uh, and the some of the crazy shit that happens in it. it was pretty cool. It has some pretty cool animation at times. And uh, it has, there's a, the main story itself that it ends up focusing on is, is a lot more intriguing than the, it all kind of ties together, but the, the starting story is just kind of meh at first. The story, it turns out, it turns into as it goes is far better. So it's one of those ones where you have to wait for the buildup a little bit. Um, I watched uh, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. That was dog shit. <laughs> uh, and it felt like it was really repetitive from previous ones. And it's because it's leading up to the events of Resident Evil 6. And it kind of feels like the same, like you're watching something that you've already seen in Resident, the Resident Evil animation uh, or yeah. even games. I, I say it's dog shit just because it wasn't very good. Like it wasn't very intriguing. The characters are all kind of bland, not really well written. The story is just kind of meh overall. And it's split up into episodes simply because it's not actually long enough to make a feature length film. So you're kind of stuck with, all right, well, it's episodic just because, you know, almost like Eden where it's episodic just because they couldn't make a full length animated film out of this. So they just made it episodic instead. Uh, Overall, it just felt like there was something lacking and it's not really worth your time. Even if even if you're a Resident Evil fan, if you're a fan even of the animated movies, just go back and watch the, the other animated movies. They're better. And this one just leads, this one just kind of fills in the, is supposed to fill in the gaps between, sorry, Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5, not 6. Um, which made it just kind of bland in a, as a result because you're not really getting much more story out of it. Other than the fact of, oh yeah, these guys are bad. These guys are still still good. 
Okay. I watched listeners. I tried to watch Neo or Neo Yokio. Oh my God. Fuck me. I couldn't get, I couldn't get past 10 minutes into the first episode. Who the fuck approved that nonsense? Jesus Christ. It's one. It's so terribly written. It's such an awful story. I should say it's a story. It's an awful story based off of a plot line that actually sounds intriguing. It's an alternate New York that is considered one of the greatest, you know, in this world, one of the greatest cities on earth and has some of the, you know, most highlighted societies. And because of its prosperity, it ends up being attacked frequently by demons. And I guess, you know, those who are summoning them. You'd think that would lead to a very cool Ghostbusters-like experience. No, it is not like that at all. It's about a high society douchebag that is played by Jaden Smith and is literally a character based off of his own Twitter persona that he created. It's written by the uh, or by a one of the band members of Vampire something. I think Vampire Weekend. Um, and I just sat there going, who the fuck would, who the fuck would make a movie or would make a show based off of a persona that Jaden Smith makes, first of all? <laughs> and why would anybody approve this? Talk about one of the biggest douchebags in Hollywood right now. Sorry, Will. Your son's a douche. You, you and, and your wife, well, your wife, you may be a decent individual. Uh, I'm not really sure about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, yeah. She comes off as a complete bitch, but Will might be a nice person. Will Smith. I am assuming he is. He's one of those movie stars that comes off as very nice, just like Dwayne, you know, Dwayne Johnson. But uh, you know, Jaden Smith is an asshat. Like he puts, he has some of the worst fucking poetry ever and says some of the most asinine shit I've ever heard and to have it be based off of a character that he's created for Twitter for his Twitter profile. God damn it. It showed it is awfully written. It is some of the worst writing. I, I just couldn't get past it. Listen, says 10 minutes in. I just went, fuck this. I no, no, no. I was, I was just sitting there. Nope. No, can't do this. I'm out. So turn it off. I do not recommend that for anyone. Uh, Miles and I both watched Beastars season two. That's something Miles can contribute to. Yeah. <laughs> About 80% of it was actually pretty decent. It, yeah. Listeners, it starts out actually decent. And this Miles, you said it yesterday. I mean, this is a testament to uh, two, just, two episodes can ruin an entire season and or series. Yeah. Easily. Um, the last two episodes of the season, not really giving anything away. Uh, are extremely illogical and weirdly paced, and yeah, um, like some of it's funny. Some of it's funny because of how obscure it is. Yeah, uh, but it's almost like we got with uh some of the Netflix MCU series with where they would switch directors every single fucking episode. Well, that's kind of what the last two episodes kind of felt like. That they just that's what it feels like. Yeah, gave it to somebody that didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And you're like, all right, just make an episode. Yeah, it was between that and the story feeling like it was just kind of like, all right, well, the writers now have two episodes to wrap up an entire season of content. Yeah. 
Um, Good luck. And yeah, with the way the way it ends, I don't know if I'd even give a shit to see anything else from it. Yeah. In all reality. I, that's that's how much it turned me off. Great. I was a massive fan, but I was super intrigued from the first season. I was like, yeah. all right, well, this is kind of cool. This is a very different take. And I don't know. It, it really just tanked hard uh, after, you know, X amount of episodes. I don't remember how many episodes the uh, second season is. Yeah. But uh, I'm yeah, it's if you enjoyed the first season, I would honestly say just just leave it there. Enjoy yeah. it for what it was. Yeah, it was a cute story. Um, the second season is it has has no good payoff. And no. the character does so many illogical things. You're just like, why the like what? Uh, listeners, if you watch it and you have watched it, tell me one thing. Why the fuck was six eyes in this in this series, uh, this season? Yeah. What was her purpose? Pointless fucking character. Yeah. No. Legoshi never goes back to her. Never, <sighs> never, never really gives her an update. Never tells her what he finds out. So why was she in it? Why does she even exist? If that's the way it is in the manga, then... I would love you for I would love for you to pass this on to the uh, the the writer and uh, manga creator. I, I and ask them. I would ask them the same fucking question. Why the fuck is this happening? Why the fuck does this does this happen? That makes no sense. The stuff that I looked up that was from the manga, like they said, like there's a, there are chap multiple chapters that the final two episodes try to wrap up. Right. And that covers I that covers a, a a few books. So if if that's the case, what were you doing, Netflix? Right. Was there nothing earlier on in the season that you couldn't have just cut out and cut short? Or did you tell your studio, hey, we're not going to continue the series. You need to wrap it up here. What the fuck happened? Anyways, uh, listeners, I went through Cannon Busters. Cannon Busters is on Netflix. It's a Netflix exclusive. Uh, that's actually a series worth going through. It's, it was fun. Um, it's got some good humor to it. Uh, some good characters. The, uh, it takes a little bit to really like, uh, some of the, some of the character dynamics with it at first, but it's enjoyable. It has an awesome theme song. Uh, so if you're looking for something to watch on Netflix, that's definitely a, a worthy go. It is absolutely set up for a season two. Um, the season, the season ender is a little lackluster. It kind of makes you go really, but that aside they're they're trying to stretch it out to another season. Okay. Um, I can see where this is going. This is going to be your, your princess is in another castle uh, kind of deal. Not, not exactly that, but, it feels kind of the same way, but definitely give it a shot. I'd say it's got some pretty cool animation. There is one part though, that on the final episode where the animation, the frames that were missing were driving me crazy miles. Yeah. And it was, it was just a simple walking animation and it was like, oh, I swear to God, it had to have been, it had to have been missing at least 15 frames per step. Like between it was so jittery and so bad. I just sat there going, Oh my God, what the fuck? Almost all the budget went into the final episode. <laughs> uh, but it was, you know, 
aside from that, I still was able to watch it and still able to enjoy it. And it's got, you know, a, a, a drunken master in it. And uh, his character's, you know, his character's really enjoyable. He, I was worried that he was only going to show up in one portion of the show. He ends up showing up again. So, uh, and it looks like they're going to have him continue into the second season, which is nice. So they're adding more characters to create a better uh, dynamic between uh, what starts out as the main characters uh, and bringing in other characters to kind of even things out a bit. Listeners, I also watched, uh, sorry, there's a lot of anime. I watched uh, Trece. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. It's uh, an anime that's on Netflix. It's only six episodes long, listeners, which isn't, you know, that's not long for an anime at all. But the problem is, is that the story is so lackluster and the overall show and experience is so lacking in, as Miles put it, lacking in soul, uh, which I think yeah. is a good, good way to put it. Of You just don't, you don't really care about what's happening with characters. You don't really want, like, it's an interesting world that's been created, but at the same time, you just don't care. And unfortunately, the show takes so long to establish a plot line that you actually do care about that by the time you get to the sixth episode, it's over. And you're going, that's it? This this is it? This is all you had? Okay. So I don't recommend it, listeners. I can't say I'd recommend it to anyone. Um, and I don't think I'm going to come back for the second season. I think that I'm, I'm good with just leaving it as is uh, for a show that actually has something that could have could have built something cool and had some legs to it. It doesn't do it. It just kind of falls off. I think it's just due to bad writing and uh, bad direction. A world that actually does have legs to it and is fun and intriguing. And I'm willing to go through and wait for another season is Doro Hidoro, uh, which is funny because even saying Doro Hidoro makes it sound like it's a, uh, you know, uh, but luchador that's what i was looking for mm. i uh i even get the luchador vibe watching it which is funny it's about wizards and uh pe- you know normal people who are basically experimented on wizards uh who live in a place called the hole so the wizards come to this world called the that they call the hole which is i don't know if that's h-o-l-e or w-h-o-l-e uh, I haven't looked at any subtitles for it, but they come into this world and they experiment on people in, and then they leave. Like they, they don't fix anything. They don't help them. They do things like giving people, you know, bug parts and turning people into lizards, shit like that. Like not good things, things that, you know, you would sit there and go, that's fucking criminal, but they do it. And then they leave into their own world and have regular lives and stuff like that. But the main character is someone who had their their head was transformed into a lizard head. And he has no memory of who he was or what happened to him or who did this to him. So the one thing that's strange about him is that he's not affected by magic at all as a result. So no other magic can hurt him. And on top of that, there is a person that oddly is living inside of them. Uh I don't, it's not necessarily physical. It's more, it's magic based, but if he bites or, you know, puts someone like someone's head into his mouth, they see this person and the person will tell them uh, whether or not they're the person he's looking for, which is the wizard that did this to him. 
uh, it's it's really funny. It creates some very funny circumstances and uh, as sadistic as some of the scenes are, it made me laugh. At first, when you start watching it, you don't know if the main character, like you, you kind of sit there going, I don't, you don't even know if these people are bad people. No, they're bad. <laughs> I will give you some reassurance right now of the people that he's cutting up and killing are bad people. They're not good. <laughs> they haven't really done any good things. So uh, you can rest assured that he's an anti, even though he's an anti-hero, he's, he's not doing the world a disservice uh, by removing the, the people that he's removed. Uh, at least I haven't seen, at least yet. I haven't seen anybody he's done. That's been completely innocent. That's the, that didn't deserve something. It's worth a watch. I, you know, it's only one season right now. They're setting up a second season because uh, the story isn't, you know, isn't over yet. And it's a fun watch. The main character is his voice is very sim, is very familiar. I've heard it before. I can't quite place it, but there's some definite over, you know, definitely over the top characteristics about him. Uh, reminded me a little bit of uh, what's his name from uh, My Love Story, uh, just for his reactions to some things. Takeo. Takeo, yeah. But yeah, give it a shot. Uh, another one is Backstreet Girls. Uh, I tried watching that and I could not get through the first episode. And that's mostly because of the anime. <laughs> uh, it's not really animated. It's much like house, uh, the house husband, uh, anime on Netflix where it's stills and, you know, moving stills, but nobody's actually doing anything. And the only thing that's actually moving is the mouths. And I said, they're going, this doesn't make for very intriguing animation to watch. And while the story is funny, it's, so lacking in other areas that I go, I don't care to watch this. I'm good. On top of that, with the way the story is going, it kind of makes me uneasy and that it's going to go into the creepy lewd factor. So I just kind of went, ah, you know what? I'm good. I'm not going to finish the show. I'm out. So I don't recommend that one to anyone who's not looking for something that's uh, possibly going to go into lewd territory and while might have a funny premise is not well animated. So just to let you know, the, the premise for that is that three Yakuza members who have dishonored their, uh, their boss end up trying to, you know, uh, make amends by doing whatever he asks. And he decides that the only way that they can make up to it or make up for it is by becoming, uh, what they call Japanese idols, which are young women who are singers and performers. And supposedly they make a lot of money. I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Uh, just because I know how the how the music industry works in the U.S., so uh, I don't see that being the case in Japan of them making tons and tons of money. Um, however, uh, that's the plan, and he has them go through plastic surgery and stuff like that to get them changed into women, and they become teen idols uh, in Japan. It's really fucking weird, uh, but it sounded funny, and it was funny. Some of the dialogue was pretty hilarious. Uh, especially listening to some of like they, they went through like re basically reprogramming to try and act like girls. And one of them refuses it and doesn't want to be, doesn't want to be like the, like a girl and gets pissed off whenever they say girly things and stuff like that. That was kind of, that was kind of funny. But then you have the creep factor of the Yakuza boss who looks at them very oddly. <laughs> you know, I was like, ah, I'm, I'm out. So anyways, Another one that I watched is Cells at Work. Cells at Work is fun. So far, I've gotten through seven episodes, and oddly, it's educational. 
<laughs> as yeah, as that, that shit as it is about that uh sounded like it was actually fun that i might have to yeah. check out yeah as bad shit as it is it is it is somewhat educational and it's very entertaining uh especially when the fucking terminator droid shows up that's the antihistamine uh that made me laugh my ass off a uh another one to talk about is the armed girls uh mac mac villi i can't i delicious i can't say this very well <laughs> Macvellism, I think, or I think that's it. Uh, anyways, listeners, uh, that one was on, I believe, High Five. Uh, that's where I watch, or sorry, High Five, High Dive. I do that every time. Hey, High Five, High Dive. It was on High Dive. Uh, I watched it. It was entertaining. It's about a guy who goes to, who gets put into a school that's most that's supposed to be a school for girls. Uh, he gets transferred or transferred to it because he's kind of a discipline problem in another school. Uh, he got into a fight essentially. And that gets explained later, but he gets transferred to this school where the guys are pretty much forced into dressing like women and acting like women so that they don't get uh, disciplined by this group of girls at the school who are sword wielding disciplinaries. <laughs> it's, it's all very, very odd and you'd be sitting there in real life you'd be going what kind of fucking school is this that lets kids have weapons uh and just beat the shit out of each other and torture one another for for disciplinary action but it you know it's bat shit it's it is what it is you just have to accept it and have fun i mean there's there's a bear there's a girl that rides a bear in it for god's sake it's entertaining it's I uh, got some fun things to it. I actually wouldn't mind seeing more to uh, the storyline for it. Uh, but if you're looking for something that's kind of batshit and just going to be entertaining and make you go, what the fuck, then that one might be for you. It, it's definitely not, uh, it's definitely not bad. So uh, just don't let logic get in the way <laughs> of a lot of it because none of it makes sense from the get go. So, I also watched, uh, I tried watching Corpse Bride, couldn't really get into it, or not Corpse Bride, uh, sorry, Corpse Princess. Sorry, my bad. Corpse Bride is a, is a wonderful uh, stop animation. Corpse Princess, couldn't really get into it. It was just okay. Has a a interesting world, but kind of like Trace has no real soul to it, doesn't feel like. And I feel like you are getting somewhat of a retelling almost of uh, Blue Exorcist, and Blue Exorcist is a better story. To, to go with even though blue exorcist goes off the rails and rewrites some of the ending for the first season to go into the second season still a better uh anime and miles you and i have been going through a kagaster of the of an insect cage yeah it's uh and that's, interesting yeah that one's been dis or been pretty decent it's got some uh pretty decent animation it's mostly computer generated intriguing yeah, voice world. acting in it, it's fine stories yeah. <laughs> you know interesting enough um yeah. it's you know got some good points that are easily able to be made fun of yeah absolutely yeah we'll uh we'll see how it how it finishes out right uh and you and also you and i also have been going through uh how do you how do you say it i i don't know how it's said i want to say i want to say it's called nishu um yeah like Nishu, it's my ordinary life, listeners. Yeah, uh, you can find uh, it that, that way. That shit is fucking hilarious. <laughs> that that show is 
batshit. That is some of the most random anime I have ever seen, and it makes me laugh hysterically. Uh, yeah. Especially the jump rope bits. <laughs> we, we were dying during the first two episodes. Yeah. There was one, there and, was uh, specifically moment, a moment listeners where Miles and I were laughing so hard we were crying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say it's worth watching. It's on uh, Funimation, right? That's what we've been watching. Yeah. Uh, so if you have Funimation, it's definitely worth it's If you're looking for something funny and just ridiculous, it's worth the watch. So yeah. no, we, we I still, would say we check still it haven't out. finished that out either. Nope. But I don't see any reason not to recommend it because, listeners, it doesn't really have a story. <laughs> yeah, so. not, not really. Uh, you know, it, it's it's more of a almost more of like a skit show kind of like yeah kind of like robot chicken except with a you know stricter theme yeah definitely <laughs> so and the last one i want to i i want to review is last exile listeners i tried watching that and i got almost to the end and i just it it's not intriguing sorry like anybody who's a fan out there it's just i it couldn't hold my attention it's a interesting world but again, it's one of those interesting worlds with not a lot of soul to it that I care. Like, I don't care that much about the characters. I don't care much about the villains. In fact, I find the villains kind of off-putting and just going, eh, like, this is just, like, there's nothing really driving this this cartoon other than the fact that we have a neat premise, nothing else about it. And it has dirigibles that are airships with giant fucking cannons all over them and shit like that. You know, air battles the planes don't make any fucking sense on how they work. Uh, somehow they float without wings and uh, propel themselves without propellers. It's, it's kind of a strange, you know, strange universe when you have dirigibles that follow most of the guidelines of what, how a dirigible works other than weight restrictions. But you know, that, that I'm willing to suspend, you know, have suspension of, of uh, disbelief, but <laughs> When it comes to a plane, planes work the way they work. <laughs> they, they work They work this way for a reason. And when you have these ships that have somewhat plane wings on them, but everything else doesn't work this, you know, doesn't work like a plane does, it just kind of makes you go, what the fuck? Like, how does any of this work? So some off-putting design there. But that aside, like, you can, you can eventually just overlook it and go, with, okay, well, let's move on with the premise. The actual premise for the show is just kind of like, meh. It's just, eh. I don't really care about this. Uh, the characters don't really have a whole lot to them that make me want to watch them more. Um, so don't recommend that show. Uh, if, if you were curious about it and you saw the, uh, the artwork or stills for it and thought, man, this kind of looks neat. It's not, <laughs> at least not to me. It wasn't. So listeners, thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Please go on Facebook, like us on Facebook. If you don't want to get, you know, keep your Facebook, get rid of it, get rid of all social media, Twitter, especially, uh, just cause it'll be healthier for you. Trust me. You won't have to see a lot of the nonsense out in the world or out there in the world. Tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around. This is Vargo miles. Keep on geeking on. We're out. Every time, place my folks in the corner Find somewhere else to rest my eyes Truth is that I left whatever makes me care
Signs that are there for a reason Like the balance of seasons 